tonight on Huckabee, former Space Force Commander Matthew Lohmeyer, radio host and author Eric Metaxas, Master of Illusion Chris Funk, country music hit maker Greg Campbell. City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee! What a Great crowd we have here tonight. You know, we're starting to build back our audience. Little by little, COVID is behind us. Nobody's wearing a mask. We are actually enjoying each other. Huh, nice. Now, if you only watch the mainstream media or read the big city papers, it'd be very easy for you to be discouraged, if not despondent, about the future of our country. I'll admit I'm deeply bothered by the direction that I've observed the past few years with radical socialists getting elected and advocating policies that will destroy what has been the most empowering economy in the history of the world. Folks, America has lifted more people out of poverty in the past 250 years than all of the nations of the world combined until now. We've just done that. I'm heartbroken to see politicians forcing taxpayers to fund the cold-blooded killing of unborn babies for no reason other than for the money to be made by Planned Parenthood, which, by the way, is an organization that was founded by a real racist, Margaret Sanger, she openly declared that black people were inferior to white people and they shouldn't breed. Now, you tell me why the American left embrace all of that while pretending to be against white supremacy and racism, and it escapes me. We're now discovering that the so-called scientific experts like Dr. Fauci were covering up how the Wuhan virus really started and that much of the science that we were being fed was actually political science not medical science, and doctors who suggested using you know, inexpensive and readily available drugs like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, they got drummed out of medicine and they were forbidden to even discuss it on platforms like YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. Now it turns out those doctors were right all along. Folks, President Trump was falsely accused of urging people to drink bleach, and that's something he never did. He didn't drink it, and he didn't encourage people to drink it either. <laughs> he got banned from all social media. Now, think about this. The sitting elected president, at the same time, Iranian dictators were still able to stay on those very platforms. No doubt, big tech is wholly owned by the radical left, as is the education industry, which has become an indoctrination industry. Inexplicably... Big corporations have totally surrendered to the wokeness of the far left, and they have showered Marxist organizations like Black Lives Matter with millions of dollars so they can spew their hatred of the police in the country. And those same colossal corporations, they cozy up to China to make big bucks by producing cheap stuff over in China, 
and then selling at a huge profit in the U.S., all the time turning a blind eye to the atrocious human rights violations of the Chinese Communist Party. American professional sports have completely sold their soul to the Communist Chinese, as has Hollywood and the entertainment industry. Which, by the way, the movie industry now seeks China's approval before they will even release a movie. So, how can we be optimistic in the face of all of this? Well, here's how. An increasing number of Americans are fed up. They've had it up to here. And they're standing up, speaking up, and fighting back. In North Carolina, a county government has taken the Woca-Cola machines out of the county property just to protest Koch's hypocritical and self-righteous attacks on the state of Georgia. Parents across the country in places like Leesburg, Virginia, California, even Manhattan, are actually showing up at school board meetings and demanding that the nonsense of telling little boys that they can declare themselves to be girls and play girls sports and then go shower with the girls, they've said this has got to stop. They're no longer tolerating the idiocy of telling children there are 57 genders. And they are demanding that teachers no longer force kids to use nonsensical pronouns like z or zai or zers instead of she, he, or they. By the way, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, he stood up to the tot-like tantrum of the NCAA. They said that they wouldn't play sports in Florida if Florida requires that male and female athletes play in their own gendered sports. You know what Governor Santos did? He told them to put it where the sun don't shine. And, folks, the sun shines brightly in Florida. It is the sunshine state. Senator Rand Paul has challenged Dr. Fauci and the pseudoscientists for telling us to not wear masks and then demanding that we wear them, even two or three masks. And he's boldly demanded answers about the origin of COVID. And then pastors like my friend Rob McCoy out in California refused to allow the government to tell him that strip clubs were essential, but churches weren't. They threatened Pastor McCoy that they were going to shut down his church. You know what happened? He said, well, good luck. Instead, he kept having services, and his church is running beyond capacity. They have the largest attendance in the church's history. And a whole lot of people who don't have any church background at all are showing up at the services because they respect a pastor who stands for something rather than who falls for the government lies and manipulations. we got a long way to go, but there is hope on the horizon. By the way, one of the last places to be impacted by wokeness is our beloved military. But it's also being infected with this craziness. But as you're going to see tonight, there are some members of the military standing up for the oath they took to defend this great country. Because if America is as evil and racist as the left says we are, then we shouldn't be defending the country. So yes, there's hope. Always is. I'm reminded, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I beg you, stand up, speak up, and fight back. It is not too late.
Our country is under attack from those who insist that our nation is inherently racist and evil. And it's overtaken, as I said, the entertainment industry, the education community, and the corporate world. But what's really scary, it's beginning to infect our military and the military academies. My first guest is a lieutenant colonel, and until recently, was a commander in the United States Space Force. Then he published a book exposing what he says is Marxist ideology rotting the U.S. military from the inside out. For that, he was relieved of duty late last month. But to his credit, it has not stopped him from talking and turning his book, Irresistible Revolution, into a bestseller. I want you to welcome to the show a true hero, Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer. I have seen courage on the part of a lot of people in the military. Often it's uh, in relationship to war. But Colonel, you're fighting a war and, and you are, to me, a genuine American hero for having the courage to say, hold it. When I gave my oath, I gave it to defend a great country. You still believe it's a great country, don't you? 100% it's a great country. And I think that most of the people uh, today serving in uniform believe that it's a great country. When you wrote this book, it's now a bestseller. That must make some people really unhappy. Irresistible Revolution. You talk about how Marxism is creeping into our military. How's that happening? You know, uh, the military and the military service members are largely a reflection of uh, broader American society. Uh, pinpointing a date at which uh, Marxist ideology began to infiltrate American society is a very difficult thing. It's been around for decades in the university, for example. Uh, and until recently, uh, I think the American military services in particular were rather resilient to uh, deceptive ideologies like Marxism, for example, because we were unified in our purpose to defend the Constitution. We showed up to work wearing a uniform every day that we took pride in. And we were all interested, regardless of our politics, regardless of our race, in defending the American people and our way of life. And as we continue to divorce ourselves from America's founding values, Judeo-Christian values, largely speaking, the idea of the inherent worth of every individual, uh, we create a kind of emotional, psychological, and spiritual vacuum that allows for the infiltration of something like Marxist ideology, which, in fact, uh, devalues the individual hmm. as, as created equal and instead puts an emphasis on identity politics, uh, the oppressor versus the oppressed. And when you do that, we start to return to a kind of what I'll call tribalism. And it's frankly an invitation for a totalitarian impulse to uh, sweep across the country and even in our military services. The military has especially been a true meritocracy. People rose up if they were good at something, and if they weren't, it didn't matter who their papa was, they probably weren't gonna end up going to the top, but somebody else who came from a poor family could. Are we starting to lose that meritocracy for uh, wokeness, and what's the danger to America if we do? You know, I think that there's a lot of service members from the bottom of the ranks all the way to the top that are very interested in retaining 
a meritocracy. Yeah. Uh, we understand that that's fundamental to our lethality as a, as a United States military. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think perhaps sometimes if, I think that people are unwittingly uh, buying into the rhetoric that is Marxist that I've seen in something, for instance, that the American people are starting to become much more familiar with called critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, critical race theory is a grandchild of the critical school of thought or critical theory. It's been around for nearly a hundred years, not critical race theory, but critical theory. It was created by Marxists with a specific intention. And the intention was to divide people and divorce them from their fundamental Western tradition. Uh, Because Americans writ large were not interested in buying into Marx's economic stratification of society, the, the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat, for example. And so how do you fix how do you fix that problem that the West isn't interested in buying into your storyline? Uh, you need to divorce them from Christianity, from the nuclear family. You need to divorce them from the, from. I mean, we already talked about it, but the belief that individuals matter a great sure. deal. And, and so I think that, that my hope was, and in writing the book, if you can start to educate people about these issues, they might even, in fact, change their mind that uh, some of the... Uh, you know, there are organizations, social justice organizations, for example, that have become quite popular. They use words that the American people love. Freedom, justice, equality. I mean, who doesn't like those things? Sure. Uh, and everyone in uniform, of course, cares a great deal about those things. But they've redefined the terms. And so I don't believe that most Americans yet fully appreciate just how dangerous this is. Hmm. And so one of the reasons I wrote the book was to both teach the ideas and then to warn that we got a small taste of where this leads in the past calendar year. Yeah, It leads to civil unrest, the fracturing of, of civil social society, the social contract. Uh, it leads to a loss of religious liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, your First and Second Amendment rights. I mean, everything that we value as American people, things that American service members sign up and swear an oath to support and defend, for yeah. example, is in jeopardy when we start to walk this path. And, and we're not walking it at the moment. We're starting to jog down that path. And we all ought to be very alarmed and to learn and to speak up. Colonel, I know that there are people who are very unhappy that you have written this book and that you've taken a public stand and they have relieved you of your command at the Space Force. But I also want to believe that while there are some folks upset at you, I want to believe that there are a lot of people, your friends and and fellow military members, who are deeply grateful. And maybe they're not saying it publicly yet. I hope they will. But they're saying... Matt, thank you. Thank you for being out there. Is that is that happening? Yeah, in fact, it's happening a great deal. Good. Um, I said it <clears throat> probably a week ago on an interview that I had done. Uh, I'll say it again. Thousands of service members are reaching out, retired service members, parents who are concerned about what's happening to their children who are in the services, parents who are concerned about K through 12 education in this country. I mean, everyone in the country, it seems to me, and now I've I've got a myopic view, but is reaching out thanking me for what I've done and and are starting to appreciate just how critical this is. Um, My initial inclination is to be quick to judge, let's say, senior military service leaders because they haven't been quick to thank me. In mm. fact, they've been quick to judge me. Yeah. Uh, but frankly, 
all the way up my chain of command, all as high as you can go in the Space Force at least, and some Air Force leaders, they know me, they know my family, they know my character. Uh, and I'm, I'm most surprised at how quick they were to judge me. And I think, frankly, it's the climate of fear that we've created for ourselves, this need to somehow hold me accountable for writing something about Marxist ideology uh, for which, you know, we've, we spent a great deal of treasures and blood and iron in the past half yes, century fighting have. against the containment of this very thing. And now I'm somehow an enemy for writing about it. Uh, <clears throat> I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt to say, I believe that once they become well aware of the issues I've written about, I hope that they too will be concerned, that they will thank me, whether it's sooner or later. I think uh, either way, the words in the book will be justified and, and vindicated. Let me say on behalf of millions of Americans, thank you, Colonel. Thank you for having the courage to stand and speak for so many of us. Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, so grateful to have him here. I want you to know you can buy Matt's book, and you should. You can get it at MatthewLohmeyer.com. Also, keep up with him on social media. He's out there for the rest of us. Our show tonight, it's irresistible, too. And Keith Bilbrey is going to tell you why right now. Well, coming up, radio host and best-selling author Eric Metaxas. Later, the wondrous Chris Funk. Lots more Huckabee is on the way. Go to MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter. And follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. And welcome back. Eric Metaxas is a best-selling author. He's host of two podcasts, and he's a nationally syndicated radio host of a show. He's also a leading commentator on religion and religious freedom. He's famous for writing biographies of very significant people. But his latest book, well, it's his own story, and it's called Fish Out of Water, A Search for the Meaning of Life. It's an honor to welcome our friend Eric Metaxas. You know, I'm impressed. You, you were running out here. I thought you were Joe Biden with that burst of energy coming out here. Look at you. You know, dude, you should not mock the fake president of the United States. No, no, no. That's not appropriate. <laughs> That's not appropriate. Uh, I, you know, you have gotten in trouble for stuff just like that. Have I? Yes, you just got thrown I off of YouTube. I just got thrown off of YouTube. Totally. My whole program was canceled on YouTube because, you know, I have this funny habit of speaking truth. And in America, you really shouldn't do that because no. we're a communist country, and I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. Listen, uh, I want to start on a positive note, and I've already failed. You, <laughs> Governor Huckabee, I think you should be announced as, ladies and gentlemen, America's governor, Mike Huckabee. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I think... <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to push that on whatever social media I have remaining. Well, it's dwindling quick because you just can't help yourself, Eric. Actually, the, the fact is that they, they had it out for me because we were trying to comply with their community standards. Right. 
And even though we tried to comply, they kind of went back and found stuff. So um, let me just say that speaking truth is more important than being on YouTube. Praise the Lord. Yes, so I'm it is. planning to keep speaking truth. Well, we're also very happy that your show is on TBN yes. every week. Yes. That's a big plus. And, uh, of course, you're on Salem Radio. Yeah, and when you're on TBN, who needs YouTube? Yeah, there you go. Come on. But, you know, it's just tragic that these social media companies are are doing this kind of stuff. Let's talk about your story. Fish out of water. That's my my father in 1958. Mm. The photo on the cover of the book is my dad, 1958. He was on a date with my mother at the Statue of Liberty, um, and my mother took that picture. And they said, we got to put this on the cover of the book because it represents a lot of what this book is about. My parents came from Europe. My father experienced communism in Greece. My mother experienced communism in East Germany. They left to come to the greatest country in the world. And they raised me to know the difference. That's why I'm so outspoken, because I grew up with parents who know how evil communism is or Marxism is, and when you start going in that direction. So I make no uh, you know, bones about trying to educate my fellow Americans to say, listen, We need to stand up and we need to speak the truth. But that comes from my mom and dad. God bless them. They're still with us and uh, they're watching this program right now. As they should. My mother's criticizing something about me right now, I'm sure. (laughs) But but the the fact is that the book is just the story of my life. Most of it is very funny stories, true stories, every syllable. And they are definitely funny stories. They're insane stories. But ultimately, the book ends around my 25th birthday because. I was kind of like most people floating through life, trying to figure out life, not really knowing what is the meaning of life. You know, we went to church on Sundays, but the problem is I, after high school, I went to Yale University, which you may know is not a bastion of theological orthodoxy. I Did you know that? I it was. I, I'm yeah. shocked. Now, to be fair, they Yale used to be. Not. It's only roughly yeah. the last... 200 years that they've gone off the cliff. And anybody, anybody can have a bad 200 years. You've got to give grace, right? So, so the end of the book is where Jesus comes into my life totally, totally miraculously. I know you're Southern Baptist, but miracles can happen, I yes, believe. They, yeah. and we pray for them. We just get scared when they I'm happen. More, I'm more Pentecostal. That's but, just... <laughs> but, but the fact is that, that a man shares his faith with me and over a number of months, something happens, and then one day the Lord speaks to me in a dream. That's the culmination of the book. But I wrote the book for believers to give to non-believers as a way of sharing the faith very subtly. So they won't see it coming. It's just a lot of funny stuff and good stories. And then at the end, uh, you know, the punchline is the meaning of life is Jesus. The great thing about this book and all of Eric Metaxas's book is his amazing gift to tell stories so powerfully. Fish Out of Water is available right now, so you can go order it. And if you want a signed copy with, well, I guess it'd be his signature, not mine. His signature uh, are links to Eric's blog, podcast, videos, and more. Go to ericmetaxas.com. It is on your screen, so you can write it down. You can also follow him on social media and make sure make sure that you tune in to the Eric Metaxas radio show that is right here on TBN every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern and again Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We've got a lot more great things coming up. Keith Bilbrey standing by. He's going to tell you all about them right now. Well, next, news with a twist on In Case You Missed It. And later, country music star Craig Campbell, your walking Huckabee. 
And welcome back. And by the way, aren't we fortunate to have the very best house band in all of America, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Thank you. And this is Trey and Chanel's oh. 22nd wedding anniversary. Wow. All the more reason Thank you, sir. to give them a big hand. Bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel, the most patient woman in America. Gotta be. Married to Trey. Gotta be. Well, hey, if you have been locked down long enough and you're unable to travel these past many months, well, make your travel plans this fall, uh, both luxurious and spiritually edifying. How? Go with me on a Mediterranean cruise tracing the steps of the Apostle Paul. We'll be going October 24th through November the 2nd. You can get all of the details at thegreatesttrip.com. Well, from brainy ways to keep you young to literal snack attacks, we got the news that'll turn your head and your stomach on in case you missed it. All right, first up, congratulations to retired cattle rancher Dexter Kruger. He was declared Australia's oldest man ever. He recently passed away at the age of 111 years and 124 days. Reports say he's now also a registered voter in Arizona. <laughs> uh, Dexter said his secret is something that might lay an egg with some people. He says eat lots of chicken brains, that that's the key to longevity. Well, you are what you eat, Keith, so eat some brains. I I'll How try about it. that. Heck yeah. yeah. You know, Dexter told an interviewer, he said, you know, chickens have a head, mm -hmm. and in there, there is a brain, and they are delicious little things. Yeah. There's only one little bite. I'm sure that's right. That's enough. Now, to find a smaller brain than a chicken brain, you'd have to look inside Eric Swalwell's head. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That'll get me in trouble. Well, I was just sitting here wondering, if I eat enough chicken wings, uh -huh. will I be able to fly? Don't be ridiculous, Keith. I mean, chickens hmm. can't fly. Well, here's your problem. Okay. You never saw my grandfather walk out into a barnyard <laughs> with an axe. Those chickens flew. I what? bet they did. I knew, they knew he meant business. I, well, and he did, didn't he? <laughs> yes. He did. They flew. Well, anyway, this is great news on two fronts. We now know that if you eat brains, you'll never die. But if you do die and become a zombie, at least you'll be used to the diet. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, here's a trio of stories from the smoking gun to prove that gun control activists that banning guns just won't end violence. Because thanks to human creativity, anything can be a weapon. For instance, Keith, in suburban Cleveland, a woman was shopping in Walmart when she spotted another woman that she had a beef with. So she reached into her cart, pulled out a 10-pound tube of ground beef, oh. and whacked the other woman in the face with it. We should have been there to see that. Yeah. I do, too. That would have been <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, just eating a 10-pound tube of beef, that could kill you, uh, probably. <laughs> Anyway, the police report described it as a blunt object. Oh, okay. I think it's a good thing it wasn't a sharp cheese. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Attempted murder there. <laughs> Next, a Vero Beach, Florida chef delivered a pizza to his adult daughter's home. She told him she wasn't feeling well and to go away. He allegedly got pretty angry about that and he threw a pizza slice right in her face. I hope he didn't throw it pointy in first. I mean, that could put an eye out, you know. 
Anyway, the police arrested him for battery after observing that the ground was covered with pizza toppings and there was what appeared to be tomato sauce on her face. Her dad, he tried to claim it was just blood, but no, it was tomato sauce. Yeah. It really was. I guess as a chef, he's tossed so many pizzas, he just didn't know his own strength. <laughs> anyway, these stories will make it even harder for Democrats to define an assault weapon. Now, they'll just say anything that's salty that's right. is an assault weapon. That's what they'll say. That was terrible. Finally, and I know how much you love to hear that word, the worst weapon of all, a 60-year-old Clearwater, Florida woman. No, she wasn't the weapon. No. She was mad at her boyfriend, and she got arrested for battery after allegedly throwing soiled dog pads at him. Ooh. Ah, that's disgusting. Ooh. Well, here's somebody who should have at least been wearing a mask indoors, that's for uh, sure. Uh, I mean, the smell alone could kill you. But that's not all. After throwing the dog pads at him, she allegedly sprayed Windex right in his face. I mean, personally, if someone had thrown soil dog pads at me, I would want to be sprayed with Windex <laughs> at that point. Please! Yes, no kidding. Anyway, luckily, the boyfriend was not injured, and his glasses have never been cleaner. Oh. Street free. Oh, all right, I better wrap this up before the audience starts throwing things at us. <laughs> But until next time, remember, we read the news. So you don't have to. Coming up, hit songwriter Bob Regan and Gold Star family member Tammy Bass. Then the magic of Chris Buck. Stay tuned to Huckabee. And welcome back. Bob Regan is a Grammy-nominated songwriter and founder of the nonprofit Operation Song. Tammy Bass is the mother of Corporal David Bass, a Marine killed in action in Iraq. Together, they've created something amazing called Live and Die a Marine. And one of the songs on this terrific new album called Operation Song, a salute to Gold Star families, it's all about what they're about. Please welcome Bob Regan and Tammy Bass. Thank you guys for being here. Bob, when I think about the people you've written for, Randy Travis, Reba McIntyre, Keith Urban, so many people, you've written hit songs for all of these great artists, and now you're teaming up to do something that is nothing about commercial success, but about honoring these very special Gold Star families. What motivated you to do this? Well... In the mid-2000s, I had the opportunity to perform on Armed Forces Entertainment Tours around mm. the world. And uh, we had a songwriter band, and I, I met hundreds of servicemen and women with amazing stories. And we songwriters are born storytellers, and when we hear a good story, we think, man, that would make a great song. So that was the impetus. We said, let's put hit songwriters together with the military community and let them tell their stories. And, and a thousand songs later with veterans of World War II, Korea, Vietnam... Iraq, Afghanistan, Gold Star families. So have been very, very successful. A thousand songs yes. since then. A thousand stories of American heroes who have done their duty for this country, and you're able to tell the stories of them in song. I mean, I think it's just an incredible 
uh, gift to the country. Tammy, what inspired your son? Your son, David, I have a David myself. What inspired him to join the Marines? Because that's, that's not the easiest thing to do. It is not. September 11th. That's what it was. September mm. 11th. As soon as I saw the news that morning, I knew. And as soon as he got out of school that day, he said, he called me and he said, Mom, I just wish I were 18. And I said, I know, son. He was 16. Wow. When he was 17, he did early enlistment in the Marine Corps. But he never talked about any other branch except for the Marines. He, he, he wanted to take on the toughest one. Yes. We have a little just segment of the song. It's about your son, David. Let's, let's take a look. Some people can wander their whole life If they made a difference by being alive For them it's a problem, for us it's never gonna be Cause it's not a job, it's an identity To live and to die a Marine Now, Tammy, our audience may not realize you wrote that song about your son, David. With Victoria Banks. That's yes. pretty powerful. When you have written that song, you have said you didn't want the song just to be about David, but about his attitude toward the Marines. What do you mean by that? Probably when I had three Marines standing at my door, I probably thought the Brotherhood of the Marine Corps was a cliche. Might have even said that some in the days to follow. 15 years later, it's real, mm. and I know it's real. And I have his journal that he wrote when he was a Marine. I have talked to his Marine buddies. I've talked to his brothers that have never met him, and it's real. And he, in his journals, he said, I finally found where I belong. He would tell me stories of how his brothers supported him. Of course, they later told me stories of how he supported yeah. them. Um, it, it's a brotherhood. They don't want recognition for individuals. They want the recognition for the Marine Corps, the brotherhood, and, and I had to be a part of that. And, and Bob, you've written songs for all these artists that we love and admire and have bought their music, but, but uh, the glint in your eye tells me that this has been one of the most fulfilling things you've ever done oh, in no. writing songs of these stories. No question. I mean, let's be honest about it. If you're a commercial songwriter, you're trying to write about something in my cup and tailgate in my truck. But <laughs> when, when you're doing, when, when you write with these, these stories are real and they're life-changing and the songwriters all, we take it very seriously, the responsibility to do justice to these stories of, of service and sacrifice. And they paid such a price for these stories that all the songwriters take it very seriously. Mm. Well, it's a real honor to be here. We take it seriously that you're here. Let me mention this. Operation Song, A Salute to Gold Star Families, is available right now. I'm holding it in my hand. You can head to operationsong.org. You can also find them on social media for a lot of the great work they're doing. Now, if you're one of the bright people who got tickets to be right here in the studio, I got some really good news for you. You're going to get your very own copy of Operation Song here tonight, which is, you're gonna love it. There's still a lot more show coming up, so stick around, do not leave. Still to come, magician Chris Funk and country music star Craig Campbell. Lots more Huckabee is on the way.
Welcome back. Hey, Chris Funk has performed his amazing mixture of magic and music from places like Vegas all the way to the Magic Castle and over two dozen TV shows, including America's Got Talent, Penn & Teller, Foolish, Masters of Illusion, and even Hell's Kitchen. Oh, by the way, sorry, he did not make Gordon Ramsay disappear on that show. <laughs> Some people perhaps wished he had. Would you welcome the wondrous, the very amazing Chris Funk? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're close to Music City, and I'm a magician, so I figure we're gonna do a little something combining some music and some magic. How's that sound? Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, I've got my little amp here. We're just gonna power, uh, just gonna. I'll just plug it in first. How's that sound? Okay. <laughs> Come on, Wonder Boy. Here we go. Perfect. All right. So I've got here a little MIDI pad, which has my drum beats on there. And then I have a keyboard that has a bass line sound built into it. So I'm going to put the basics to the sound. And then I'm going to throw my guitar over top. So this is what the, uh, the drum beat sounds like. Cool, eh? And this is what the uh, bass line sounds like. And then we have this little uh, guitar over here where I'm gonna start to add a couple more layers over top of what it is that I record in a moment. So, uh, let's see how this goes. All right, you ready for this? Once we have that, well, that's where the magic can begin. <laughs> now watch this. Governor, some magic fingers, please. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Doesn't do anything, it just looks good, right? <laughs> Here we go. 
I know you're confused. Um, I know it was the middle, it was over there, now it's over here. I have an idea, okay? This is really gonna make you not have a good night's sleep tonight. Um, let's see here. Hey, plug it in now. Yeah, plug it in now. Let's see that work now. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris, great to have you here. Oh, it's so good to be here. Thank you for coming, and great trick with it. We're trying to figure it all out. Well, we'll good, come good. Up. I hope you don't, otherwise I'd be out of a job. <laughs> Listen, I got one more for you here. Can I, can yeah, I give it on you really quick? Let's see what you got. I mean, you all take really good care of me here with the TBN and at the Hugby Show. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the amenities in the green room are, are killer. <laughs> uh, this is just one of the things that I found here, but I'm just going to pop it open like a bag of chips. Okay. Actually, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just take that. We have your whole uh, bag. Don't eat them. No. Oh, no I just, uh, well, I mean, you can if you'd well, like I'm just to. Thinking that's kind of <laughs> half the fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's snack time. Uh, okay. I want you to go ahead and just empty that right into there, if you don't mind. Just empty the entire the contents out of there, if you feel could. like I'm uh, doing snack time for my grandchildren. So, right did now. you get them all out of there? Just yeah. want to make sure that you got them all out Maybe of there. Did. You did. Uh, yeah. All Looks gone. good. Awesome. So we're going to do a quick little magic trick here with these goldfish crackers okay. and this little thing of water here. We're going to take one of these goldfish crackers. We're going to pop it right back in there. You did make sure it was empty. You dumped it, was it all empty, out. Okay. Yeah. We're going to take a little bit of water here. We're just going to boop, boop. Okay. <laughs> boom, boom, a little more, and then a little wonder for everyone else. All right. <laughs> oh, we just <laughs> baptized the first row out there. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> this is all it takes. In fact, if you wouldn't mind just holding that up right there. Okay. okay? We're right. going to do this on the count of three here. Okay. This is going to go one, two, three. Just like that. Whoa! This real goldfish in there, by the way. <laughs> ah. Now, are we supposed to eat these like the old college thing, you know? And, I would I mean, highly recommend against that. Yeah, I would highly yeah. recommend against that. I mean, unless you're really into goldfish. Uh, haven't had a real hankering farm lately, so we'll just uh, let you keep those. Well, thank How's you. It? You know, a little That's wasabi, cool. salt, pepper, it might be good. <laughs> that is so awesome. I. I'd like to know how you did that, but I know you can't tell me, then you'd have to kill me and the goldfish. I would. That would not be a good way to end the show. It would not. But you can check Chris Funk out on social media and go to his website, chrisfunkmagic.com. Get a lot of great videos, tour and booking information, and a whole lot more. Please do that. Keith, why don't you tell us what we have coming up next? Okay, country music star Craig Campbell is next. Stay with Huckabee. Craig Campbell is a proven country music hit maker and well-respected songwriter, musician, as well as a singer. Now, through his music, he shares real-life stories that you can connect with and the kind of songs you just enjoy singing along to. His latest single is a real hit, I promise you. It's called 
Never Mine, M-I-N-E. It's out right now, here to tell us more about it. One of our very favorites, a great guy, Craig Campbell. Craig, welcome. Great to have you here. Glad to be here. You know, I got to tell you, one of the, to me, coolest things about your story, you were out on the road playing keyboards for Luke Bryan when he was moving up the charts, and he fired you. He fired me. Now, that was the best thing that ever happened to you. And, and tell me, why did he fire you, and how did that move your career? I, I say Luke fired me with a big smile on my face. He, uh, he came to me one day and just said, man, you don't need to be playing for anybody. <laughs> you need to be doing your own thing. Uh, he said, um, I'm going to eliminate your position. <laughs> uh, and, but we, we're going to get back to Nashville, and I'm, I'm going to introduce you to uh, everybody I can because you, you deserve a shot. What a great, great story. I mean, you've had a lot of hits. Family Man is one of my favorites that you did a number of years ago. What, what about songwriting is what turns you on? Because you write some amazing lyrics. I, I just love listening and reading them. Well, I uh, have had the very uh, the awesome fortune to be able to sit down and write with better songwriters than me. <laughs> uh, that was, and that's another piece of advice Luke gave me way back when. He said, he said you need to be writing songs, hmm. uh, writing with as many people as you can write with. And uh, he says, because you have a story to tell as an artist, and nobody can tell your story better than you. So I've just, I mean, I, I got back to Nashville. I hit the ground running and just been writing songs ever since. Well, you're writing hits. It's not just songs. You know, some people write songs. Some people write hits. Craig, you're writing hits. And in a moment, Craig is going to perform Never Mind. But first, Keith's going to tell you how you can get Craig Campbell's music, which you certainly will want to do. You can get your copy of Craig's Never Mind everywhere music is sold. For more information, including the concert schedule, go to craigcampbell.tv. Now, after the show, go to Huckabee.tv for an online exclusive performance of Craig's Outskirts of Heaven. Now, here to perform with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection with Mike on bass is Craig Campbell. It ain't no surprise I ain't heard from you Did you make it to California Or get high in Crested Butte You were always headed For somewhere new I know you're out there Doing what you do but Never mind we couldn't leave each other alone Take our hands off each other, never mind that we were right where we belong. Every day of that sugar sense summer, you were always gonna say goodbye. A gypsy born to fly, never mind that I was all yours. You were never mine. No, I ain't mad, it is what it is. I do it all again with someone who knows how to live. On the edge of a high wire, ain't nothing I wouldn't give. But just one more low tide moonlight kiss. Never mind, we couldn't leave each other alone. Couldn't take our hands off each other. Never mind that we were right where we belong. Every 
every day of that sugar scent summer you were always gonna say goodbye a gypsy born to fly never mind that i was all yours you were never mine no. oh, yeah. never mind we could each other alone couldn't take our hands off each other never minded we were right where we belong every day of that sugar sent summer you were always gonna say goodbye a gypsy born to fly never mind that i was all yours you were never mine yeah i finally realized you were never mine Oh